Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and for those of you who have been listening for a long time and always say you love the sciencey episodes... We're doing that today. We're doing that today because I've been getting a lot of questions about the adaptogens that I take, um, including what the heck are adaptogens. So don't worry if you're like, um, I don't even know what you're talking about. We are going to go there. We're going to talk about what adaptogens are and why they're important and what we can do about it naturally, what we should be doing about it naturally. When we talk about adaptogens... Most of the time, but not all of the time, we're talking about stress. That does not mean we're talking about emotional stress, mental stress, worry, anxiety, that sort of stuff. We're also talking about physical stress. And we're going to talk more about this today, but I want everybody to know and to hear and to accept that one of the most common physical stressors is overeating. Overeating causes physical stress on your body and it is worse the greater degree to which you're overeating and of course the frequency with which you're overeating. When we talk about stress, I want to make sure that everybody understands, even though I've said it a million times before, that we're not just talking about something that feels crappy. We're not just saying it sucks to be stressed out. Stress is a serious, serious problem for our bodies. These bodies, these brilliant machines that give us life, were not created to endure chronic stress. They were not. And when we are under chronic stress, our bodies begin to break down. They don't operate optimally in conditions of chronic stress. And I emphasize that and I start with that because I don't want anybody who can hear the sound of my voice to operate any longer as though chronic stress is just normal. It's just being an adult. No, it's not. We have a lot that we can do to improve our response to stress and to reduce the things that stress us out, right? Either the number of things that we get worked up about or the impact that those things have on our health. There's so much we can do from a nutrition standpoint, from a mindset standpoint, from an exercise standpoint, a supplementation standpoint that we have to do because while to you it just might be that you're worked up all the time and you have trouble sleeping and you're kind of anxious or on edge a lot and things can ruffle your feathers pretty easily, What I'm telling you is that down the line, whether that is months or years or it's decades, that chronic stress erodes your health. It begins to cause problems that will be far greater in the future. And I know for sure that part of the reason we see these surges in chronic disease is because we're not taking stress seriously enough. We 
continue to tell ourselves that it's just a matter of how we feel emotionally, and it's not. Even though we don't see it immediately, it is having an impact on our health. And I honestly wish, even though this would be a little chaotic to start, I wish that we had a physical illness response to stress, whether it was I'm freaking out because I can't find my keys or I'm in a fight with my spouse or I overate. I wish that we could see or feel something like you throw up every single time it happens or you run a fever or something because I really think we would take it more seriously if it, se- if it seemed to have more physical effects. But what I'm telling you is those physical effects are happening even though we can't see or feel them right away. We might feel them emotionally and mentally, and so we disregard it as like, I can tough it out. It's fine. I'm soldiering on. And I don't want anybody who can hear my voice to continue thinking about it like that because that feeling that you have of being stressed or worried or anxious or depressed or anything like that, that means there are changes happening to your physiology that means your body is not functioning optimally. And it will manifest as more serious issues down the road. And so I feel extremely passionate about this topic of stress. All right. Whenever we talk about adaptogens, we are talking about specific naturally occurring herbs that help our body's response to stress. They do a lot more than that. But I don't want to have this episode come across as like, oh, great. So all I have to do is find the right supplement. No, 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 no. If you are not eating well, you've got to start there. If you're a stress case freaking out over everything, you've got to work on your mindset. You've got to incorporate meditation or quiet time or journaling or something. You've got to incorporate good sleep habits. All of those things are paramount. If you want to be healthy and well, you have to do this. You have to take this work seriously. If I had my little magic wand that I could wave, I would have people slash the amount of energy and concern they put into aesthetics, the way they look and how their genes fit, blah, blah, blah. And I would triple the amount of time and energy that people put into, am I healthy? Am I taking great care of my body? Am I well? Am I setting myself up for longevity? Because not only do you deserve it, your family deserves it. But that's a whole topic for another show. So we have to have those good baseline habits, right? We have to focus on good quality nutrition. We have to make improvements there. We've got to work on our mindset so that we're not getting triggered and turning on that stress alarm over every dang thing. We have to take sleep more seriously. It's not a matter of how tough you are and you can tough it out and you can make it work on four hours of sleep. Great. I'm sure you can. And also, I'm sure that your body is not functioning as optimally and it's going to show up in health issues down the line, whether that's six months from now, a year from now, or 60 years from now, it's going to happen. Adaptogens. These are like, some people would say they're hot right now, but honestly, when I worked in the supplement industry 10 years ago, they were hot. So they've always been hot. I think just when your awareness comes around to them. But adaptogens are plant-based, they're herbal, and they have specific benefits to your adrenal system and other stuff. But let's start with the adrenal, okay? Your adrenal glands 
are these small little things that sit on top of each of your kidneys, right? So there's two adrenal glands, one on top of each kidney. And the job of your adrenal glands is to produce hormones that you cannot live without. It's not just cortisol, the stress hormone, but also a lot of your sex hormones are produced by your adrenals. Little fun fact here, and if you've been a listener to the podcast for a long time, you've heard me say this. A lot of people think that when a woman goes through menopause, that whether it's natural or surgical, that they no longer, that woman no longer produces estrogen or progesterone, but that's actually not true. What is true is that your adrenals, your adrenal glands that we just mentioned, one gland on top of each kidney, begin to pick up the slack. When your ovaries do not produce estrogen and progesterone, your adrenal glands do. Now, they don't and they're not supposed to produce as much as your ovaries did, and that's why you're in menopause. But for a lot of women who find that they go into menopause and all of a sudden they're gaining weight and they're moody and they're having hot flashes and night sweats and all of these other symptoms that we're probably all quite familiar with, what is the case for a lot of those women is that their adrenals are shot. They're overworked because of stress. And it's not just, again, mental and emotional stress. It's also physical stress that the adrenals are no longer, they're not available, there's not enough bandwidth for them to do what they're supposed to do. Menopause is not supposed to be, the way our bodies were designed, menopause is not supposed to be a time of weight gain and mood swings and all of these really uncomfortable symptoms. Not at all. That is a sign of a hormonal and a metabolic dysfunction that more often than not comes from poor stress management physical stress and emotional stress. I'm not just talking about the stress that's in your mind. I'm talking about the stress that you put on your body. So your adrenals produce hormones you can't live without. Sex hormones and cortisol. Cortisol is one of our major stress hormones. But when I said that, you know, the adrenals get a lot of the emphasis, but it's what kind of people talk about. Adaptogens don't just work on your adrenal glands. Hey, they would be super important and powerful even if that's all they did, but I just want you to know that's not all they do. Adaptogens coming from these plants and these herbs that help your body ad- adapt to stress, they also work on your pituitary gland and on your hypothalamus. So they're working on your hormones, they're working on your brain, they're working on stress. They're they're helping you out with everything. They're stepping up to provide balance and support where balance and support is needed. And, you know, I know that some people feel like they're trendy now. I'm saying they were trendy 15 years ago. It goes way, 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 way back to like ancient Chinese medicine. These are not new on the scene at all. And because of that, there is a ton of research, good quality research on the effect of adaptogens. Now, there's a ton of different adaptogens out there. So the research isn't just adaptogens as a whole, but rather are we talking about maca? Are we talking about ashwagandha? Not these things made in a lab, true natural herbal extracts. They have been shown to protect the brain from degeneration. They have been shown to reduce fatigue They have been shown time and time again to be natural antidepressants and anti-anxiety properties. They have been shown to stimulate the central nervous system. 
there's so much stuff, mental capacity, focus, you name it. Attention. Did I already say that? You can tell I haven't, I haven't had any this afternoon. Adaptogens are stress modifiers, but they also help with the brain and they help with hormones. And a lot of us need this help. But I want to go back to kind of what I started with. And I'll probably keep reminding everybody of this because I don't want anybody to think, oh, sounds like that's what I need. If you have a garbage diet, if you are not taking other stress management measures, whether that's journaling or it's meditation or it's long walks or whatever it is, if you're not sleeping well, then this is going to be like a drop in the bucket and those other things are going to be the big, big rocks. So when we're talking about stress and the impact it has on your body, I want you to know that it begins with how you fuel yourself, how you calm yourself, how you help your body repair and recover. So we're talking mindset, sleep, nutrition. Those are huge. Adaptogens can be a, an important part of the equation, but not without those other pieces in place. All right, so they're stress modifiers. They help your body maintain or repair its own healthy systems. Now, this is I don't want to go too far down into the the rabbit hole of like comparing adaptogens with prescription medications. I just want to make a couple points. First of all, I will say that I am not a pharmacist. I am not a psychiatrist, right? So my background is not in prescription meds of any kind. And if they help you and you are under the care of a health professional, amazing. But I just want to draw a distinction here between these naturally occurring plant-based extracts coming from plants, coming from herbs that help your body regulate itself, whereas oftentimes some of the pharmaceuticals kind of just turn turn off or turn on a given system, or sometimes they, they artificially produce an effect, whereas these adaptogens are kind of just helping your body optimize to where it's supposed to be. They're not creating an artificial effect. They're not turning anything on or off. They have a a regulatory function, which is very, very different from a lot of pharmaceuticals that don't, they're not coming in to regulate stuff. They're coming in to produce an artificial effect. All right. That is not to say that there's not a place for prescription meds. Again, if that is working for you, I think that's amazing. I also believe that there are natural ways to go about this and that in many cases, the natural approach can be as effective and often more effective. And I just like for people to know that both are available, okay? So these adaptogens basically function to help your body maintain its own processes. This is necessary because of the wide range of internal and external stressors that we are constantly exposing ourselves to. The very cool thing about adaptogens, especially compared to like a prescription type approach, is that adaptogens are going to regulate where regulation is needed. So sometimes if cortisol is low, adaptogens raise cortisol. If cortisol is high, they lower cortisol. So, and it's not like, oh, we need to take a different approach or we need a different med or anything like that. That's the beauty of what adaptogens mean. They're helping your body adapt. So the very same thing that at one time of your life is going to lower cortisol at a different time of your life is going to raise cortisol based on what your body needs. And I'm always just amazed and, and 
grateful for the intelligence of our bodies. When we face a stressor, whether that is physical, mental, emotional, you name it, our bodies go through an adaptation process. It goes by a number of names. One of them that I like because it's easy for me to remember is the acronym GAS, like, you know, putting your foot on the gas, you're like revving yourself up when you're exposed to a stressor. And that that process, that GAS acronym stands for the General Adaptation Syndrome, okay? And it starts with sort of the trigger, the alarm, the thing that gets you like, oh, whether it was as simple as you were startled because um, somebody just turned on their siren behind you on the road, right? There's a, a cop behind you and you didn't know it and they just turned on their sirens and it like made you jump. That is the alarm phase, Then there is the resistance phase, kind of your body trying to work and find its balance there. And then there's the exhaustion phase, which unfortunately is where many people are and then they tell themselves it's normal. They tell tell themselves it's aging. They tell themselves it's just the way it is. It's because of the kids. It's because of work. It's because of this. And they've accepted adrenal exhaustion or any kind of stress response exhaustion as normal, but it's not normal at all. Let me be clear. We are not made to be tired all the time. That is your body giving you a signal that something is wrong. We are not made to be anxious all the time. That is your body letting you know something is wrong. We are not made to be on edge or freaked out or worried all the time. Those are things that our body is communicating to let us know that something needs to change. I want to go back before we talk about adaptogens specifically, different adaptogens and the different things that they can do. I want to go back to what these stressors are because I believe there's a huge job to be done in the understanding of what stress is. Stress is not, I just got a bill in the mail that I didn't expect to come, though that is a mental and emotional stressor. Stress is not just, there's this big tense thing happening in my family and I think about it all the time and it keeps me awake at night, it runs through my mind. That is a stressor. But if we think about stress just in terms of the things that cause us mental and emotional stress, we are missing a ton of other stressors that our body is having to deal with, and that is a problem. So I said at the start, one of the biggest stressors to our bodies is overeating. And I like to think about it in terms of like, I think in terms of analogies and stories, Imagine that you have a refrigerator, okay, and you have jammed it full. Like you can barely shut the door. There's, if you remove one thing, 20 things are going to fall out. Your fridge has to work a lot harder to keep the temperature right than if it is not stuffed full, right? If you have a, a well-organized refrigerator that that you're using the space, but you're not overusing the space, the fridge doesn't have to work as hard. Same thing with your freezer, right? It has to work way, way harder if it is over full. Your body is the same way. Not just from a metabolic standpoint, from a storage standpoint, carrying extra weight, processing all of that, going through the very costly process of metabolism, too much 
too frequently, too often, whatever, that is a stressor on the body. Carrying extra fuel is a stressor on the body. Overeating will cause stress that your body will manifest later, okay? Then there's what you eat. Sugar is a stressor. Even if we're not overeating, guys, hate to break it to you because I have a sweet tooth, sugar is a stressor. Gluten is a stressor. Then add to that anything to which you personally are sensitive. I am sensitive to dairy, more so to certain types of dairy than others. Like I can do okay with cheese and with yogurt, but like ice cream. And the reason I know that I'm sensitive is because I get reflux when I eat it. Um, And it's interesting too. Like if let's say Chris and I go out to ice for ice cream and we decide we're going to share something and I just have a few bites and then I'm done, I don't get reflux. If I were to get a whole bowl of ice cream myself, I would I know I'm sensitive for those reasons. Maybe you know you're sensitive because of gas or diarrhea or constipation or bloating or acne breakouts or fatigue, anything like that. I mean, there's a million like formal tests that you can take to figure out food sensitivity, but generally speaking, we can also feel and see these things. So overeating is a stressor. Sugar is a stressor. Gluten is a stressor. Anything to which you are sensitive is a stressor. And then there's the non-food things. Illness is a stressor. That could be an allergy attack. It could be the flu. It could be a surgery, right? And of course, these are stressors to different degrees. Injury is a stressor. If you roll your ankle, that is a physical stressor on your body. Your body is using resources instead of for like normal repair and operations. It is using resources to help you heal from that. You hurt your shoulder in the gym. That is a stressor. Lack of sleep is a stressor. Exercise can be a stressor. When people over-exercise, chronically exercise, do too much, all of those things can be stressors. Now, some stressors are good, right? Because they help our body get better and improve and exercise tends to be more of that. Overeating is not one that is a positive stressor for sure, neither is sugar. And then there's everything else that you get stressed out about. Honestly, think about this. How many things have like ruffled your feathers so far today? I'm going through this in my mind. I'm trying to think of like, um, when I woke up, it was kind of an easy morning. I didn't set my alarm. I'm trying to really think about like the things that ruffled my feathers this morning. Um, the house was in a little bit of a state of disarray this morning because we had people over last night. And so that I wouldn't call it a big stressor, but I absolutely would acknowledge it as a small one for sure. I walked outside and Chris had been doing some landscaping and there's normally a brick path from the house to my office. And uh, this morning it was covered in like like sand and dirt and I had flip-flops on. And again, not a big stressor. I didn't say anything. I didn't freak out. I wasn't angry. But it definitely was that moment of alarm, like not alarm, I'm worried, but alarm like, damn it. <laughs> like Seriously, can we not just like have the path be clear? Little things like that. And then I have to ask myself, am I willing to let this be a thing that contributes to the breakdown of my body because really that is what it is. And if you don't see it that way, I want you to see it that way because then you're going to be more likely to take it seriously. Then I had a, a big family thing this morning. 
um, a couple of difficult and unpleasant conversations that were very stressful. Um, nothing major, right? Like I love my family and and I love Chris and all of that, but just being part of a family, there are those those times and those conversations. And I was in tears, and there was a you know forty minute phone call, and then a ten minute recap, and then thinking about it, and all of those things. That that was a stressor. That is not healthy for my body. Now, can we avoid all of those things? No, but we can improve our response. Eating well, getting enough sleep, meditating, walking taking some of these adaptogens that I know we're here to talk about, and we're going to get into more of the specifics in a couple of minutes. It's not that we can remove every stressor, but can I practice not getting irritated about the fact that there are dishes in the sink this morning? Absolutely. And I need to, if I want to be healthy, and that is critical for me, I only get one shot at this life, but it's also critical for everybody in my life. I just had another thought come into my mind, but I want to get to the adaptogens first, and we'll, we'll circle back to that if... We still have time. So adaptogens are not the cure-all, but they are an important part of the combination of our potential solutions here, right? And there's a lot of different adaptogens. And I'll say this, like some people will say like, what supplements should I take? And it's such a crazy question. I understand the, the intent of the question, but we have to look at what is it that you want? There is no way that we can just blindly recommend supplements to anybody. And the same thing is true with adaptogens. Like what is the effect that you need? I know for me, when we lost Dagny, that I really needed a lot of hormonal support, but I also needed a lot of support with cortisol because my stress hormones were through the freaking roof. Did I have testing? No, I could feel it. I could feel it. I was crying all the time. I was angry all the time. I was very down. I was going through a stressful thing. Not only was I going through a stressful thing emotionally, I was going through a stressful thing physically because of postpartum hormones and also a C-section recovery, right? So that's, you know, and I share a little bit about what I do. It's from that context, like I know my body is healing physically and I know I'm also, I've been through an emotional trauma, Um, So when we talk about what the different kinds of adaptogens are, and there are many, we could never possibly cover them all on a podcast. I mean, there's there's hundreds, if not thousands, but we have to do so from the perspective of like, what do you think it is that you need? Is it more attention and focus that you need? Is it more uh, cortisol management that you need? Is it uh, depression and anxiety related? So we'll we'll go through a few, but I, I want to do so with the understanding that what matters most is the nutrition side of things, the sleep side of things, the mindset side of things, okay? Ashwagandha is one of my personal favorites, not because it should be yours, but because of my own unique needs, right? So ashwagandha is unique in supporting the adrenal glands. I mentioned that um, uh, adaptogens can also support the pituitary gland. They can also support um, the hypothalamus. Ashwagandha is very specific for the adrenals, and it's very specific for stress release and moderation and relaxation. It also can help with cognitive function, but it seems like that is very much tied to the way that it reduces stress and cortisol. Because if you think about it, if you're like really, really amped up and stressed, you just don't have the same ability to focus. So it seems like with ashwagandha, the cognitive focus benefits come from as a result of the stress moderation stuff. So ashwagandha is very calming. 
That's why I like it. Holy basil is a lot like ashwagandha in that it's for a stress response, okay? There are others like maca that are more for energy or stamina or hormones. So there's different kinds of maca, like black maca is incredible for male fertility. But then there's yellow maca that is more for female fertility, but also for energy. So we have to kind of, this is why it's so important to know what it is that you need. Know what it is that you need. If anybody ever says to you, you should take this without really understanding what your needs are, if you haven't shared that with them, like big red flag. So then there's rhodiola. I also take rhodiola. The reason that I do is it's kind of one of those catch-alls, a little bit like vitamin D. You know, when I think of a vitamin that's kind of a catch-all, I think of vitamin D because vitamin D is great for your bones. It's great for your heart. It's good for your mood. It's good for your hormones. Rhodiola is sort of the vitamin D of adaptogens, even though it doesn't function like vitamin D at all. I'm just saying that because rhodiola is really great for energy. It's also kind of has a general well-being kind of vibe and physical endurance. So it's how I talked about how Maca can help with energy and stamina. Rhodiola does that, but also has kind of an energy component as well. Um, The mushrooms. So many of you have heard about medicinal mushrooms, and I don't mean like psychedelic mushrooms. I'm not talking about psychedelic mushrooms before my inbox blows up. But reishi um, is an adaptogen. And this one is more for immune function. So we haven't talked about that yet, but it's a huge part of staying healthy and staying well. And your immune system is impaired when you're under stress. So that's why this falls into the class of being an adaptogen. Its focus though is more for immunity. And the same thing is true with astragalus, not to be confused with asparagus, not the same thing at all. Astragalus is an adaptogen that also helps with immunity and longevity. But really for all of these, we could say longevity because without a really targeted approach for managing stress, we're all impairing our longevity. So anytime we do anything that helps with that, we are kind of checking the box for improving longevity. All right. Overall, when we talk about adaptogens, whether we're talking about ashwagandha, holy basil, maca, rhodiola, schizandra, ratio, we've talked about a lot. We're looking at supporting stress responses, whether that is stress responses that impact energy, stress responses that impact cortisol, stress responses that impact vitality and endurance or focus, that is what they do. As you consider what or if you should take as an adaptogen, there's a couple things I want you to keep in mind. The ingredients being used, do they have clinical studies? And people ask me this a lot, like, where do I go to check? PubMed.gov, P-U-B as in boy, so P as in Peter, U-B as in boy, dot gov, G-O-V, like government, PubMed.gov. So I said that wrong the first time. It's not pub.gov. It's PubMed, M-E-D, like medicine, dot gov, is a great free place. Like if you wanted to put in... um ashwagandha, for example, into pubmed.gov, you would find 
the peer-reviewed clinical studies that support ashwagandha and what it does. Now, a lot of people don't want to do this. You don't ever have to do this, right? You can just ask somebody you trust or work with a company that you trust, and that's way, 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 way easier. Um, most people, I do not expect them to be going to PubMed and like looking up this stuff, but a lot of people do want to, and I think that's totally fine. So I just want to make sure that you have some guidance on what you're looking for. So the ingredients in a given product, do they have clinical studies to support them? And then the, the second part of that, which is even more important is, is the product using the exact ingredients studied? Because what happens is there's high quality ingredients and there's low quality ingredients. And sometimes what shady supplement companies will do, and again, I've worked in the supplement industry, so I've seen this, they will take an ingredient that has had tons of clinical studies and they'll go to a company that creates like an off-brand of that and they'll use that because it's way cheaper so they make more money on the product and they can sell it for a lower price and be more competitive. But it's like that's not the high quality thing that was studied. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like if somebody made some particular food product and they found that this particular food product lowered cholesterol and helped you lose 10 pounds. And then somebody off of that study goes and creates something that's totally different, but similar in certain ways, and then used those studies to validate this lesser product. That happens all the time in the supplement industry. So if you see an ingredient that's like trademarked, this particular brand of ashwagandha or this particular brand of maca, and that's been studied, then if you are drawn to it because of those studies, then you don't want to use an off-brand ingredient because you're likely not going to get the same effect. The other thing is, are the amounts used the same as the amount studied? Because one of the other sneaky tricks that supplement companies will do is, let's say that there's a study that says 50 milligrams of this thing produces this effect, right? Then a supplement company will use 25 milligrams or 10 milligrams or even 40 milligrams and say, see, look at this study that says this thing produces this effect. And most customers aren't looking to compare, well, they got that effect using 50 milligrams and you, sir, are only using 25 in your product, right? It's a way that supplement companies can do shady things. So was it the the type of product that was studied and was the same amount used in the product that was used in the study to prove the, to prove the benefit. Again, I don't expect you guys to go out to PubMed and do this, do this research. Find a company that you love, right? That's, that's something that's super important to me so that, you know, the, the company that I'm aligned with, I've met the science team. I know them. I trust them. When they give me a product, I know they've done their homework and they do the research and they present it to me. That's 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 what I love, right? They say, these are the studies that we used and this is why we formulate it like this and you can see this and this and this and this. They do that for me, which is great because I don't want to have to do it for myself anymore because that's not my job anymore. I am happy to share what it is that I take for this, if that's easier for you, right? Because I know for me, it's, it's kind of like, I don't want to go do research on like, what is the best shampoo and conditioner for my hair type? I trust my hairdresser. And if she tells me what she uses, I'm just going to use that because that's valuable. But I'll, also, it, it's based on the fact that I know she knows my hair type, right? So while I am saying I will happily share with you what I use, I want to be clear that personally, I'm not using adaptogens for immunity. So for example, I don't personally take astragalus. 
because my priorities are based more on stress relief, cortisol, relaxation, and adrenal function, because those are my my needs right now. And your needs right now really matter. If you are more worried about immunity, then you should be looking for something like reishi mushroom. You should be looking for something like astragalus, more so than say ashwagandha and holy basil, which are the couple that I use every day. I am always happy to be an open book, but like to be so with the caveat that my needs might not be your needs, right? So the easiest way, if you've got questions about this or you want me to do a follow-up episode or I didn't explain something well, let me know. The best way to do that is direct messaging me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton. That's really the, the fastest way to get a response from me at Elizabeth Benton over on Instagram. Just direct message me. I'm happy to share what it is that I take or also answer any questions that you have. If you want to do a deeper dive, a part two on this, if I need to clarify anything, you just let me know. But I want to wrap up with the same point that just because we don't see an immediate health repercussion to stress doesn't mean there isn't one manifesting in our bodies right now. Stress is a killer to our system. And that doesn't mean that we have to eliminate stress. We have to eliminate certain stressors like not stressing our body as much with overeating or with as much sugar or with as much worry. There's mindset and nutritional and lifestyle factors. And some of those nutritional factors for you, depending on your needs, might include the use of adaptogens. So I wanted to make this episode available to you. I hope everybody has a great day. If you have any more questions, just DM me on Instagram. That's the easiest way. And I'll chat with you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. The drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you, inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed provided by Strayer University affiliates of Field Learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.